doinking around, doing, you know, ancillary <laughs> stuff, trying to, you know, define what the parameters of the entire endeavor are going to be from here forward. Really, it just leaves me in a place where it's going to like, it's 8.29 a.m. Saturday, August the 10th, 2019. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's Dibble and Diane. And the beat goes on. And the beat goes on. La di da di di. La di da di di. Okay. <laughs> Been one of those mornings here in the treehouse, but the candles are lit. It's raining outside. Oh, it's so is... lovely. I know that. I know some people are feeling like, oh my gosh, it's raining outside. Yeah, what is and this, we're going, Seattle? Oh, it's raining outside. Well, after this last week that we had, it, it's, it feels like the timing is auspicious to have a nice, good soaking rain. Oh, I love it. To kind of moisten everything back up again, you know? Love it. Yeah. Me too. Although the temperatures are still supposed to be, it's all sevens for as far as I can see into the future. Hooray. But, but not as many eights. Yeah. And no nines, which is most excellent. It is most excellent. So it but is I was a, thinking this morning as I was lighting the candles and everything, and it was all dark and, and rainy outside, I was thinking, what is wrong with me that I just feel so <laughs> engaged and excited when it's raining like this? It's something weird about me. Well, there's, I think for me, and it's an odd sensation to have, and maybe it's it could be seen as the primary difference between who people who like rain and people who don't like rain when it rains i feel like my life has more possibilities yeah of things to do and things to think about and i don't know why that is because traditionally I, you would think of rain as a limitation but i don't really see it as a limitation for me it always means that there's more portent to the day yeah than otherwise would be there so that's it's an odd thing to register and and, uh, but it's there. I definitely registered it this morning. Yeah. So, so it has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine, uh, whether we choose to accept that or not, Diane. What's this the week that, I, now I'm kind of losing track yeah, of time. Yeah, well, that's because things have been kind of compressed, and it's like, stuff. Have we talked about the Volker, Volkert's no, J.W. No, we have No, that was last yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, oh that my gosh. last week's show, I know. It seems like that was forever ago. See, that's because there's been too much stuff. I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm going to take me a sip. In this week, that's the deal. It was like Thursday, we were talking about yeah, the, ham and eggs. the Bill and the Cat, cat Show. The Cat Show. The Cat Show. <laughs> we were talking about the concert at the CNP from the Thursday night on Saturday morning, but we were anticipating going to the uh, Conway Muse. Where I, where I did a That's show on I Saturday thought. night right. with J.W. McClure and Volkert Volkers. That was an, another amazing I night. Know. I don't, I don't. First of all, the it. Conway Muse is way out in the, it's the not, boonies. It's not, well, no, it it's, feels kind of out in the boonies. It feels kind of Dingleberry-like uh, out there in Conway, but there, Conway is a place. And it's a, it was a beautiful day, so our drive up was beautiful. Yeah. And this place is so charming. And it's tucked into this strange little, you know, off street, very close to the freeway, but it's just like this oasis. It seemed like it's it all a... wood interior and um, 
interesting art on the walls and uh, it just felt like the kind of experience you want to have. It to watch felt a, to me like a combination or a, a, an, an interesting amalgam of the Antique Sandwich Company and the C&P Coffee Company. Yeah. Uh, because it, it had a very intimate feel to it, which I had not anticipated. I thought the Conway Muse was a, a, a little a big, bigger, a bigger yeah. room, which is, but I w was totally taken as soon as we walked in the door with how the setup was going to be. And well, and actually it was great because the place totally filled up. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a dinner place, so we had dinner. I was sitting out in the in the front, and Mike Dumovich came, and yeah. um, he was the only person other than uh, Yvonne, and well, other than the performers and Yvonne McClure that I recognized. Right. And a couple of my but, old school bus driver friends came up. Monica and Martha. It was great to see them. And uh, I don't know, it just felt very comfortable right from the get-go. So. But the sound in there was incredible. Good and and uh, oh my gosh, you know, I'm. everybody knows from long ago that I'm a huge fan of J.W. McClure. He just can make me laugh like nothing else, you know. But he seemed to be particularly on that night. Yeah. And I never heard Volkert before. Yeah, it seemed like a nice so, mix of sounds and perspectives and, you know, kind of styles. Yeah, to have the three, yeah. the three uh, switching around, it was just an incredible concert. And everybody enjoyed it, everybody in the audience. And afterwards, all the audience members kind of stuck around and were talking yeah. with with me and with each other. And, and uh, they were all talking about how wonderful it was. There was a woman who... Uh, it was her birthday, and she'd come there for her birthday. But it seems like they've got a regular crowd yeah. of, I mean, man, if I had something like that near my, by me, I'd be going there all the time. Yeah, me so, too. Me um, too. Yeah. It was a good show. Instead, we have to travel. But if it was just like in your neighborhood, I'd go every yeah, weekend. it makes sense know? that, you know. So Same thing with C&P. People come out of the woods to uh, come to the shows. It's a good. It's a good feeling. Yeah, that was a fantastic. So, but just evening. amazed me that I've never played there before. But I hope to play there again. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. So that was you know Saturday. That was a week ago today. So, yeah. You know, we, things have been happening you know since then and before now. But maybe not anything quite as uh, artistically gratifying as that. Although some artistic things have happened this week too. Yeah, yeah you're, you're. Calling about the album and yeah. the album is uh, in not completely in the pipeline, but it is in the design layout and reproduction phase. So things are getting. Jiggy it's so exciting. Album. It is exciting, and I, you know, I'm you know, I'm trying to temper my excitement and just try because I want to. I got. I want to keep stay focused on the business of getting it done. But I am pretty pumped about it. Pretty pumped. I have to talk about last week's uh, Bill and Diane show okay. for a moment because, please, please do, Diane. As you know, we we played a Richard Thompson, Linda Thompson song. We did last week, yeah. And I think we evoked Richard Thompson. Oh, to you come think and we play. manifested <laughs> yes. Richard Thompson? We manifested yeah. Richard Thompson. We bought Richard Thompson tickets yesterday. At the Edmonds Center for the Arts, which is our favorite place to go see these kind of artists. It's just... Big names, small rooms, you can't beat it. 
It's a jewel of a, yeah, a place to be. watch. We've seen Chris Thiele there. We've seen We've seen Altan, Richard Thompson there. Richard Thompson, uh, Take Six, Last Christmas, uh, saw the Vienna Boys Choir. And Dervish. Dervish, another Irish band. So We've always had incredible uh, occasions there, but... Um, yeah. And I also want to reference uh, last week's show because, because it was so fascinating. After the show, I was saying, I was curious about the the lyrics of the song "Poor Old Horse." Yes. Because, and I had mentioned on the show that I thought that it sounded like a sea shanty, and it also sounded like a work song. Well, I did some research and found it kind out. Of, kind of was both those. Things. It was both those things. Mm. Apparently, they it was a, a song that was sung about the Inland Canal uh, network. They used to have boats that would be pulled by yes. a horse. And they did that in the United States to the yeah. Erie Canal and those things. And so all the, the lyrics of the song make total sense after that because it's almost like they're talking about the, uh, it's, it's more like if the horse dies that they won't have to be working, I think, more than anything. Because I always thought, what? I don't get this, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, but, the lyrics seem, seemed kind of uh, unduly obscure until you had that little reference Yeah. Point. Then they start; they kind of fall into place. But that's kind of a nice thing, you know. You have we have to do a little research to, about a song or something like that. But that's one of the things I love about these old folk songs that you can find out about a way of life that has somewhat disappeared. I guess they still have some. Uh, well, they're doing it for more historical purposes. That they do have uh, horses will still now. It's kind of a a tourist, tourist attraction. Thing, it's it's passenger it boats. It, it's not cargo that's right. all up and down the canals. It's passengers. So, but it anyway, is a, I just, an interesting bit of tradition that will be forgotten soon. You know. I one of our friends, Andrew <coughs> Calhoun, um, really loves to research Robert Burns songs, and right. and certainly Cat and some of our other friends are quite interested in researching old songs. And I just love that. I love having friends that are doing that. Yeah. Because there's an entire uh, world that's opened up to you by researching these old songs. Yeah. I know that Kat did a lot of research on the child ballads. And Andrew often publishes his findings on Facebook, and it's always fascinating yeah. to me. It is. So... Just a little, you know, well, thing. People are people on continuing education, you know. It's like you find uh, something that you're passionate about early enough in life and then you can spend the rest of your life kind of filling in bits and pieces about it. You know? That's right. Kind of like poetry has been for me or whatever. And, and I don't know, just, it's cool. I so like cool. it too. That's cool that we have friends that are into that kind of stuff, you know. Because we get the fruits. We get to... We get the benefices of their research. Whenever Cat sings a Robert Burns song, I just feel like, you know, there a door is opened into a into a vast line of uh, resonant past, you know, because I feel like Cat sings those songs with a authenticity that is uh, 
but really, you know, it, made, it feels like you're in the in the room with a ghost or something. You know? Yeah, there's a quality to it that really penetrates uh, on a deeper in a deeper way. That's one of the reasons that I'm so amazed by Cat because oh, she I occupies know. that music so fully and uh, makes it live and breathe in the moment. Wow. Tangent, must Bill? Tangent? <laughs> anyway. Well, if this is Saturday, we can go off on as many tangents the as we want to. show. Pardon me, I'm going to have another drink of coffee. It's the concept is yeah. tangentiation, people. Ew, boy. Tangentiation. It's good coffee. That's why we're here. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so we scored Richard Thompson tickets is the thing. It's going to be November, it's a Monday, November 4th, which is the week after Diane's birthday. And, uh, you know, it's it's her birthday present. We get each other concert tickets for our birthdays. I think that's a great idea. It is a great idea. We don't need a lot of things, but man, the experiences have just been Yeah, and we're seeing them at the Edmund Center for the Arts, which is a great little theater. And we're going to go see Paula Poundstone Yeah. in, in what, January, I think? May, I think. Oh, is it May? Which is gonna, which is my birthday present. I love Paula Poundstone, so that'll be fun. So we have advanced looks at our birthday presents this year. Right. right. But I'm really glad because there have been times where oh, I where know. I have seen something at the Edmonds Center for the Arts, and I say, "Bill, Bill, somebody's here," and you're just like, "Rats! That was my birthday present for you," mm-hmm. you know. And I just feel like we might as well just tell each other in advance. It's fine. And which one was that? I can't remember. I think it was Richard Thompson. I think it was Richard Thompson yeah. because that was right around my birthday last, last time, time. He came through. Anyway, so we've but been doing, uh, we've been doing, uh, we've been researching. I mean, Diane mostly has been researching all morning, and uh, it sounds like there may be a little more Richard Thompson on tap. Yes. Well, I was thinking um, both in in a continuation of the tribute to the folk rock tape that I was speaking about last. Yeah, I think that last could be. time. Um, we could be mining that for a while. Yeah, I should. Cindy said that she's still got, uh, she <coughs> thinks she has somewhere the list of songs that was on it. Right, and I was thinking. Let's get that. So, Cindy, look Cindy. that up. Come on, Cindy. <laughs> I haven't met you yet, but I'm giving orders. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 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 I think that it um, would be fun to be to fun. Uh, do some of those. Anyway, um, but. So it's somewhat a tribute to that folk rock tape and somewhat a tribute to the impending Richard Thompson. Richard Thompson tickets. That we're going to have Fairport Convention. Well, Fairport Convention still had Richard Thompson in the lineup. Right. They did some pretty stellar stuff back then. uh, Wowzers. Nothing, I mean, I don't know, there's not much like it anymore. But one of the things that I was telling Bill that is sort of frustrating about listening to things online is you don't have the liner notes. So it's really hard to find information. So uh, we really were researching some things this morning to make sure that we knew that it was Sandy Denny who was singing and because they had different configurations of people. Um, it's true. Part of it was, the, There's this amazing family tree of those British folk rock bands and you know, this person left and started this band that then became famous, and you know, there's. Well, Simon Nickel, who is on this one, was also on the Albion band that we played last week. Right. And didn't he start 
Steely Span before that or something like that. Uh, yeah, there was a, he, they were giving a lineage of just the one guy, and it was like, wow, these are all yeah. big time uh, British folk rock. I bands. love the the fact that it's sort of like all of our friends. Although it's like if all of our friends also became famous, you uh, know. Yeah. But uh, in in a way, it's it's like what we do in Victory Music. People, they all knew each other, and they all liked the same kind of music, and right. all hung out together, and um, and then they did these various configurations of bands. But but uh, I always loved this one piece, um, and now I know that it was on what we did on our holiday. Right. Um, Which was their second album. Yeah, I think that was their second album. Yeah. 1969, I right. think it was. Okay. That's one of the things that's really interesting to me, too, is that they always, a lot of these songs are very current sounding. They don't sound like they're from the 1969 period. I don't know. To, to me, they, they do kind of sound. They do? They sound like they've got, they're from that time period. But in what way do they sound? I don't like? know. In a way that because I don't hear that much that sounds like that anymore. Yeah, maybe that's it's true. in the uh, just in the acoustics of the studios where they were recorded. Something in the sound quality, not necessarily the choice of instrumentation, or the way, th but something in the way it's mixed. It has a more uh, open air kind of feel to it, and less you know isolated voices and and right. you know with each thing processed separately. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe it's something in the recording that makes it sound different. But the songs themselves are certainly timeless you know, in terms of their content. But anyway. I always love Fathering Gay because of the guitar. Yeah. And that's what it made me think of having Fairport Convention because we are so celebratory when we can see Richard Thompson. By the way, I've seen Richard Thompson, I want to say, at least five times in my life. The first time I went to see Richard Thompson was at the backstage in Ballard with my brother. Yeah. And I still remember, we, back in the day at the backstage in Ballard, if you went to the restaurant, you could get preferred seats. preferred seats. Otherwise, you just had to take what you could get. Well, there weren't many bad seats in the, back, no. in the backstage. Wasn't the restaurant called Varsago or something, something like that? Like it that. was a the, Swedish, I, was, I mean, a Scandinavian restaurant. I think restaurant. the restaurant actually was a couple of different things. Right. I, I still remember having dinner with my brother at that restaurant and going down to see Richard Thompson. And we had really, I mean, like we were in the front row. So was he solo or with a band? He was solo. Okay, good. And I just was knocked back like had yeah. the wind knocked out of me by that concert yeah, i can a, still a, a breathless kind of solo show he yeah. just makes it it is so the 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 effects he's got on his guitar his guitar just booms his guitar does whatever he wants it to it can sound delicate and it can just sound like a full band coming at you a wall of sound kind of thing but his concerts are so incredible and I've only seen him. I don't think I've ever seen him with the band. With I the think band. it's always yeah. been solo. Yeah. And although it never feels like it's solo because he's such a big sound, you know. Yeah. Um, His voice has got, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he puts out that kind of air. Yeah. His voice is big. But while well, he was in Fairport Convention. 
he was not very confident about his voice, which right. is very interesting to me. So neither of these songs have him singing. No, but he was the guiding light of Fairport Convention at that time, from what I understand, reading about the past of this. And Meet on the Ledge is a Richard Thompson song that he wrote when he was 17. <laughs> this is why I'm retiring from the, from the songwriting uh, game, because Richard Thompson wrote Meet on the Ledge when he was 17. <laughs> you heard me. You heard me correctly. 17. I will not allow you to quit right, just because somebody wrote a good song when they were 17. But it was so funny because I was listening to the song this morning and just weeping because of this time of my life. And apparently when he wrote this song, he just had a lot of feeling but didn't really know what to do with it. Yeah. And he said that there... You still have that quote? It was such a good quote. Yeah, oh, I do. Let me me pull it up. We can just pause. I can edit. Yeah. Because I just love that. Richard Uh, Richard Thompson was talking about the song. Yes, and it said, The song's title comes from a large, low-hanging tree limb on which Richard Thompson used to play as a child and which he and his friends had dubbed The Ledge. Richard Thompson acknowledged that some people, myself included, (laughs) interpret the ledge as some sort of code for the afterlife and that it is popular at funerals. In an interview with Mojo Magazine, March 2011, Richard Thompson said, The hardest thing about being a 17-year-old songwriter is that you're embarrassed. You're never going to write a song saying, These are my feelings, I love you. So I was trying to find some semi-veiled language that conveyed something to somebody somehow but which didn't really say anything up front it's slight it's a slightly naive song a little obscure i don't even know what it means thompson added i had to sing it at my own mother's funeral it was in her will that was about the hardest thing i've ever done wow amazing so one of the things that i love about the bill and diane show is because we're now incorporating music and have for some time yes for some time we are always doing a little research about what we're gonna play yeah i mean for the most part i feel pretty uneducated in most of the stuff i just know what i like yeah but it's nice to do a little deep dive and, and get a little more information so that we can be evangelical in our presentation which i think is a good thing about the bill and diane show if nothing else we're championing good music yeah. yeah. And Sandy Denny, I found out uh, this morning uh, that that it was when they when she first joined Fairport Convention, it was like having this mid-level group scoring this incredible singer, and that they were pretty wet behind the ears when they first mm-hmm. um, were approaching her, and that she was the one that brought a lot of the uh, distinction to the group at that time. So. Yeah, I think they, they had all the ingredients except the, the amazing voice. And once Sandy Denny joined, they were fully actualized, I think, in that, in, at least in that configuration. So, a couple of uh, classic chestnuts. From Fairport Convention.
she has gazed from castle windows all and watched the daylight passing within her captive wall with no one to heed her
sea I'm all alone But that's the only way to be You'll have your chance again Then you can do the work Thank you. 